You know, today we're going to continue the sermon series that we have cited there on the front of the bulletin. Why church? Why church? We wanted to do a series that basically acknowledged that the world has changed and so has our culture. And this is especially true of our younger generations uh, regarding church. You know, we can uh, travel to Europe and on any given Sunday can go into many an empty church and would have to look long and hard to find one that had any kind of crowd at all. So we who love the church, we have to answer the question, why church? And and make that answer uh, compelling and relevant. Perhaps to do so, we have to kind of go back to the beginnings of the church. And that's what I want to do today. I want to go back to some of our beginnings. You know, I want to say first and foremost, why church? Because the church proclaims a truth that no one else is, is, is cited to proclaim. And that is that Jesus loves us. That God is love, as 1 John says. You know, maybe the first hymn or song that you sang or learned was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And without a doubt, Jesus loves me has been sung by children uh, throughout our country and maybe beyond for sure. And, and I, I was so interested in this. I hope that you have a, a memory of, of singing that as a child. I, I also know that adults even enjoy singing Jesus Loves Me. This I know. So be tuning up. You may get a chance. A, a little bit of history about Jesus Loves Me I had to delve into this week. And I, I learned something I didn't know, that it was actually a poem written that appeared in a novel in 1860. It was written by two sisters, the Warner sisters. And this particular novel was very popular in the 1960s. In fact, I Googled it. You can buy a copy of this novel very easily, many different forms, paperback and hardback today. It still is an important piece called Say and Seal. And in this particular novel, it features a character named Mr. Linden, and he is confronted uh, by a a child who's actually dying. And the child's name is Johnny Fax. And so the original Jesus Loves Me appeared in this novel uh, as a poem, and it appeared with different stanzas, but some of these stanzas we don't know as the song. Therefore, I want to share them in light of them being testified to by a guy named Mr. Linden to a child dying named Johnny Fax. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me still. Though I'm very weak and ill, that I might from sin be free, bled and died upon the tree. Jesus loves me. He who died Heaven's gate is opened wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Jesus loves me. 
he will stay close beside me all the way. Thou hast bled and died for me. I will henceforth live with thee. You know, when we read those words and we think about that context in the novel and what that was saying to a little child, and we think about uh, those words and the mystery that they are all about, about the sacrifice of Christ for you and me, it all underscores the most important message that the church has to share with the world, and that is our God loves us. Jesus loves me. You know, last week we talked about the importance of our service to others, our love of others. And when we love others, we love Jesus. But our love of Christ is actually a response to a first love that God had for us. So today we're going to look at some of the early witness of the church. And and we're going to look at because... um, We are a church that has a history, and a history that's very important for us to really connect with and embrace. Luke wrote Acts of the Apostles. We know that. He wrote the Gospel of Luke, and the second part of that Gospel is the Acts of the Apostles. And he told the story of how the early Christians accepted their life in Christ and lived it out victoriously, even though there was a threat of death and persecution connected with your faith as a Christian. You know, some of the ways in which they were able to be supportive to each other and to live out their faith was to live out the love of Christ that they proclaimed and witnessed to. We need to acknowledge when we uh, read this text today from Acts, the second chapter, right after the Pentecost story, that it was written in a very difficult and dangerous time for Christians. Luke was trying to build within those who read um, the, the story of Christ, the witness of Christ, he was trying to build within them a, a sense of hope in the midst of, of a very terrible time full of despair. Luke was aware of the growing hostilities toward the church. Paul had already been martyred by the time Acts of the Apostles was written. All of the apostles had been martyred, uh, tradition tells us, except for John, who died of old age. And Luke, through the Acts of the Apostles, wanted Christians who were facing tremendous persecution to know that they had hope in, in a gospel that could be boiled down to the simple statement, Jesus loves you and will take care of you from now till the end of time. And many of them had left their families, they had left their friends, they'd left familiar surroundings to be a follower of Christ and to be part of the Christian way. So why church? Because we, the church, are connected to a story. A story that's really more than 2,000 years old, but as Christians, it connects us to a story of the life of one named Jesus and to the fellowship of saints that, that have gone before us who died as martyrs and would not have died for something or someone or a cause 
unless they truly believed it completely. I'd like for us to turn now to Acts, the second chapter, beginning with the 42nd verse. And I'd like to ask us to stand for the reading of God's Word. They, the Christians, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So you get this sense. Luke is telling these Christians some 30 years after um, the early beginning of the church about how it used to be. And what he wanted them to know about who we are formed to be as Christians. I want us to hear that verse this morning one more time. They devoted themselves. And day by day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I want to say this morning what we're talking about is the Lord's addition. How God adds to the kingdom through the witness of the faith. You know, this morning uh, we were in our, our prayer time um, about 7.45, as we do every Sunday morning. And we were teasing Tom a little bit because Tom has a baptism today. He is baptizing by immersion in the pool, the cold pool, two women... Uh, one has some hearing challenges. Both have found a walk with Christ here. And both, one wants to be baptized. One is remembering her baptism. The one who's going to be baptized is from Alaska. So that water's not going to bother her. It's going to bother Tom. But the Lord's adding to our number. Where'd Tom go? And I thought he'd flown the coop. <laughs> He's adding to our number. And I'm so pleased that the Christian fellowship at Lover's Lane has such a, a, an important part of our fellowship. Those who are challenged with, 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 with hearing. They're, most of them now are in the crosswalk service this morning. Not all. And, and, you know, I, I was just referencing Daniel and, and Jacqueline coming today. And, and Jacqueline's been a member of this church for a long time. 
And it is such a privilege to have young people who are coming into the church and are saying, I want to be part of the fellowship. I want to vow to be part of a fellowship who will take care of me. And through which I can take care of others. That's the Lord's addition. Now I want to say this morning that, that there's also a prescription that Luke gives us in in Acts of the Apostles. And the prescription is basically a four-part prescription. And he's saying this is the way it was and the way it is and the way it should always be with the church. Because this is, these are the important aspects that, that undergird our proclamation of Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And the first is that they devoted themselves to the teaching of the Apostles. You know, it was important to hear the teachings of the apostles because they had that first-hand experience. That, that experience with Jesus where they witnessed his life and then his death and then his resurrection and then his ascension. And they had seen it all and they shared it. And those who came after them shared their story. And those who came after them shared their story. You know, we need to know that what, what, what Luke's talking about in Acts uh, of the Apostles, we didn't have the letters of Paul for 15 to 20 years after the Lord's resurrection. And we didn't have the Gospels and we didn't have Acts of the Apostles for 15 or 20 more years after that. We're talking about the Old Testament and an oral history about Jesus Christ that had to be shared and taught so that people wouldn't forget the importance of what undergirds our proclamation, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The church teaches this and in our sermons, the church teaches this in our small groups, in our Sunday school classes. That The church assures um, those who come our way and those to whom we reach out. This is our primary teaching. God loves us. No matter what. Why church? Because biblical teaching and preaching helps us center our lives on Christ and equips us to say... Jesus loves me, this I know. What? And secondly, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. You know, it's important to know that we belong and that we are connected and that we're not only connected to human beings, but we're connected to God first and God calls us into that connection of Christian fellowship. You know, I think today many of the social illnesses, the mental illnesses, and, 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 and are really attributed to people's search for, 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 for fellowship and the, the loneliness that causes so many problems. A lot of it can be traced to loneliness. And the Christian church is meant to be the place where we uplift Christian fellowship, where health and healing can, can occur. You know, in a moment, Tom is going to uh, give a prayer. I hope he gives the very same prayer he prayed at the early service because he, he's going to pray about this horrific act that took place in Pittsburgh just yesterday morning. 
And, and this whole country has been centered on how we can pray for those who've lost their life. It's been uplifting to me to hear um, our, our president and, 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 and our leaders in Pittsburgh and elsewhere and, and others who are saying, you know, we, we love these people. Uh, we love them. We want to be praying for them. We want to lift them up. And this violence is so terrible. There's a uniformity of understanding. What we'll learn in days to come, that the one who committed those horrendous acts was probably a loner. Nearly always, he is. Who, who doesn't have that Christian fellowship, who doesn't have that grounding that can take him away from hate and, and destruction. The world needs what the church is sharing and teaching and calling ourselves to and others, and that is Christian fellowship. And I'm not talking about just socializing. There's a difference. We come together as the church in the name of Christ to center on a healing fellowship, and large churches need to be aware that we need to make sure that people are involved in those smaller settings too, where people know their names, where people can address their concerns and care in a very direct way. Why the church? Because you are special, and you can feel something that special quality, when, when we come into the Christian fellowship, all of us are united in the fact we were first loved by God and called to learn the teachings of Christ and to love others in the fellowship and beyond. And Christians are also devoted to worship. What we read moments ago was that they also devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and prayers. Now, for sure, they ate together in the fellowship, and the Methodists have picked that up, and we've taken it a long way down the road. We like to eat at the fellowships. But when they're talking about the breaking of bread and in prayers, they're talking about the worship experience. And every time they gathered, the most important aspect of their witness was to uplift the Lord's Supper, to break the bread, the breaking of the bread, and the sharing of the cup of God's love. Worship is where we say in so many ways through our prayers, through our, our preaching, through our liturgy, we say it over and over and over again that our worship is our praise and our thanksgiving, our love of God who first loved us. In a community of believers, the, the preacher and the choir, not the performers, we're, we're not performing to an audience, but we're all performing an act of thanksgiving and praise to God. How are we doing? And we know how important this is to our spiritual lives. I mean, we're here. But how we need to share with the world that's not all about us. It's about a, a love of God that, 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 that should ground us in such a way that we'll sense that healing even in the midst of our prayers and our worship together. Worship in prayer is one of the ways that we claim even when we feel out of touch, that there is something keeping us connected, someone who is so vital to our lives and a message that centers our hymns and our liturgy and everything that we do. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. 
And finally, the church devoted themselves to the economic and financial responsibilities of the community. In other words, they gave to minister to others. They shared what they had with one another. The need was so pressing in that early Christian church because people were coming to faith and losing their connections, their family, their friends, their, perhaps their work, their income. And, and the church was well aware that there were needs in their midst and they didn't want anybody to be in need. So they gave. Now today, one of the things I'm thankful for in our nation is that this is the most generous culture anywhere in the way that we give to so many different charities, so many wonderful charities, so many charities with fantastic causes. And yet the only place that you give that underscores the proper perspective in that we give not to the church, we give to God. And we give to God so that God can use this church, other churches, even charities. To spread his love to others in need of ministry that we're called to be about. They devoted themselves, they committed themselves, they gave and they sold what they had so that the needs of others could be met. I want to close by saying... In the United Methodist Church, this is Daniel stated earlier, we answer a vow that we'll be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We just added witness a few years ago. We used to end at service, but we added witness. And I'm so glad we added witness. Because it takes us back to what's so important about the church. Yes, it's important that we teach. It's important that we, we worship. It's important that we experience Christian fellowship. It's important that we give. But just like our four mothers and fathers, it's important that we witness that we share how God's love has made an impact on our life. So, I want you to get started today. Have you tuned up? Tom, come on up here and sign up for us. I'm going to get a drink of water. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me the Bible tells me so. Thank you, Sam.